0: This is the ATP Tennis Radio Podcast. Hello and welcome to this week's ATP Tennis Radio Podcast. I'm Seb Lozier. And this week, we have more of the latest on how the coronavirus is affecting tennis, including the hashtag Tennis at Home campaign. Francis Tiafoe, one of the first to put out the rallying cry.
1: Guys, I want all my followers to follow this conversation. Hashtag Tennis at Home.
0: We're also at home with world number three Dominic Thiem. And this week is also all about five of the game's most exciting young stars. Between them, they've climbed a staggering 690 places in the FedEx ATP rankings over the past 12 months. That is progress. We catch up with all of them, including the world number 20, Félix aliassime But first, it's been another busy week for the game's administrators, including ATP chief executive, Andrea Gaudenzi, who released a statement on Tuesday urging the tennis community to come together to help defeat COVID-19. The current suspension of the tour is still scheduled to run through to the 7th of June, which takes in the whole of the clay court swing. And Gaudenzi said that, and I quote, this is bigger than any sport. The current situation raises many questions which we empathise with greatly, and we are working hard on evaluating all options. As you'd expect, the big three have led the way amongst the players and responded with major gestures. Messrs. Federer, Djokovic and Nadal all pledging support and money. Roger Federer and wife Mirka have donated one million Swiss francs to vulnerable families in Switzerland. Through the Novak Djokovic Foundation, the world number one is donating one million euros worth of ventilators and medical equipment to support hospitals in Serbia. And Nadal has come together with six-time NBA All-Star Paul Gasol using their profile to encourage donations from Spanish Sport for the Spanish Red Cross, a project that aims to raise €11 million. Euro. All three would have had an Olympic gold on their to-do list this year. Those plans have also now been shelved after the IOC and the Tokyo 2020 Organising Committee announced the postponement of the Olympic Games, of course, this week. And we are also all waiting on news from Wimbledon with the club's leaders meeting on the 30th of March to decide the destiny of this year's championships. The situation around COVID-19 and the news coming out of that is evolving on a daily basis. Let us know your thoughts on Twitter, that's at ATP Tennis Radio, and keep up to date with all the latest at Tour. Now though, as promised, let's hear from five of the game's finest young players. First off, he's been answering questions on Instagram while staying at home in his native Italy, which as we all know has been particularly and tragically hard hit. But in happier times just a few short weeks ago, Yannick Zinner, champion of the ATP Next Gen Finals, was speaking with Richard Connolly. Second
2: serve. Backhand from Dimaroy to the
3: net! Bellissimo for Yannick Sinner! The most remarkable story of
2: 2019!
3: Capped off
2: in the best way possible! He defeats the top seeds and finalists
0: from last year! 4-2, 4-1, 4-2! And the crowd couldn't be happier! Yannick Sinner, the next-gen ATP champion for 2019.
4: It was a very good win for me. I mean, uh, I played uh, in front of my home crowd uh, in Milan. A lot of pressure uh, it's normal. And uh, at the end of the week, I just was, was very, very excited, very happy in one way. In the other way, I wanted uh, or I would like to have this feeling more and more you know, and then you are kind of searching for that. sometimes maybe you can go a little bit in rush, uh, which is not not so good, but you know you have to manage and uh, I think i'm I'm young and uh, so I have still time to learn
5: so how has it changed your expectations, your confidence in yourself
4: right well, confidence it's a little bit higher, of course um the expectations is, are higher, uh, but the pressure is more on my side. What I'm giving myself pressure. Um, you know, sometimes you feel like uh, you, know, you have to win this match or you have to win this, this exact point, you know, sometimes. And, uh, and sometimes you just go, go little it over. Uh, you're just trying to understand why maybe you lost the match uh, maybe why, why you won the match. And then after, uh, uh, as I said before, you, you learn and you try to, to go forward.
5: It must help enormously to have a man like Riccardo Piatti in your corner, who has, has been there and done it with everybody. What is that like? And um, give us an idea of the kind of player you've been able to hit with as you've built up to this level.
4: Uh, Riccardo for me is uh, like a father um when i went to his academy i was like 30 and a half years old and uh, he always was very kind to me he always put his full energy with me on court and he's still doing this and uh, i think that's quite impressive with uh, now he's 61 so uh, he he doesn't look like 61 but you know he's a very very full of energy, thinking just about tennis. And uh, when I was like 14 and a half, I think the first time I played with uh Rownich, he was practicing roundage that time. Uh, sometimes he tell me some some kind of little stories about everyone, you know, because he knows everyone perfectly. Uh, he was practice. Uh, he was coach of uh, Novak too, um, Ivan Ljubicic. Many players, and, and I think I'm very, very very lucky that I have Ricardo. Has he helped you be patient? You talked about
5: that desire
4: to win every
5: match. I mean, has he, he talked to you about holding that back and, and thinking about
4: the way to plan? Sometimes, uh, when he really sees that I'm going a little bit uh, too fast um, you know uh, he has a lot of experience uh, he had Novak in the same age as I am now, but at the end it's just important to to improve. We are just trying to improve day after day and and and, and he and he's telling me that and uh, it must be weird to think
5: here's the guy who had Novak at the same age and look where Novak is now
4: yeah it's I mean it's weird, you know everyone is. Is uh, doing his own way, um, what Novak has done, and is doing is unbelievable. And uh, you know, it's kind of weird, but at the end, you just have to go uh, for yourself, to your way, and uh, yeah, and that we will see. Here.
5: Here's another comparison for you, which is probably not helpful, but Sizapass won the Next Gen Finals, and then at the end of last year, won the ATP Finals the year after. I mean, when you saw that, you must have thought. Wow, is that is that is that possible for somebody like me?
4: I think possible is everything. You know, uh, at end is is tennis. Uh, you're playing week after week, trying to win uh, matches after matches, and then maybe you win some tournaments, and maybe you lose three or four times first round in a row, and uh, at end it's uh, yeah, it's tennis. Um, what he has done is incredible, uh, he won the next-gen ATP Finals, then he won uh, in London the ATP Finals, it's uh, it's incredible. Um, but you know, uh, he's he's still a little bit older than me, you know, uh, I'm, I'm still 18, turning 19 this year, so... Uh, I think that's the only difference right now, and this uh, and ranking was a little bit higher, but this... Uh, Everyone is different, you know, even uh, I was like, everyone was talking about uh, the winner of the next gen finals, made the final in, in Australia, I interrupt that, <laughs> uh, I made second round, but you know, it's, uh, everyone is trying to, to, to do his best and sometimes you play well, sometimes you play a little bit worse.
0: Sinners' FedEx ATP ranking has risen an incredible 249 places since this time last year. And in the meantime, a young Norwegian has also been writing his name into the history books by becoming the all-time highest-ranked player from his country. Last month, Kasper Ruud overtook his father Christian's best ranking by winning his first tour title, in Buenos Aires. And we shouldn't have been surprised because he was showing definite signs of doing just that at the next gen finals last November.
6: Rude unleashes an off point, big backhand, Dominovic Fakina. Remember, this is the deciding point. He's missed it, Dominovic Fakina.
1: That is a hard
0: fought, massive win
1: for Casper Well, I started because of my father. He used to play. Uh, He was a former player and reached a career high of 39 in the world. So he was kind of the guy who put Norway on the tennis map a little bit, at least uh, a couple of years ago. And we had a small tennis tennis court in our garden. So he took me there to play ever since I could walk, I think, and was really young. And I did a bunch of other sports as well, but uh, eventually tennis was the one that I, Enjoyed the most, and um, when I was 12, I put all the other sports aside and focused only on my tennis. It was a lot of fun, you know, a lot of tough practices as well. My father is uh, he's a very nice and funny guy, but also strict whenever we were on court and strict with me, always trying to do the right choices and and being serious even from a young age. And I think it's it's paying off a little bit now at least and. And you know, I, I I've taken a lot of choices and decisions that uh, maybe weren't always as easy, but you know, uh, I had to do it because of my career. And I don't look at it as the toughest choices because I enjoy tennis so much. But I mean, many many people back home in Norway asked me if I I thought it was tough to make certain choices and decisions uh, in my in my youth uh, youth ages. And you know, it's. Uh, for me, it's not really a big, uh, big, uh, big sacrifice, as some maybe think. But I, uh, you know, I of course have had have had to go on through some some tough stuff. When you're you turn fifteen, sixteen, your friends maybe start to party a little bit, and you're maybe tempted to try try to go once or twice. But you know, I never did it. I never touched alcohol, and of course, those are the kind of choices that may normal people may think is a bit tough or. Or you know, hard to to say no to to going out or being with friends or, you know, also just every every weekend in Norway is usual to go to your cabin or your summer house or whatever the the season is. But every weekend, me and my father went out to the courts and played at least six, seven hours. So I think those were the kind of choices that made me step ahead of my competitors back in Norway at least for 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 some years and. You know the other players still played well but i think eventually after two three years i mean i went one step ahead maybe one each each month or each week whatever and uh you know it's it was tough sometimes to get up saturday sunday and train for three four hours but i knew that if i did it right and i stayed serious and of course my father also guided me and advised me to do it. I, I, I believed in him and, you know, it's it's been paying off. And, of course, I'm very grateful now. I think that I would be happy if people called me, you know, humble, good fighter. I think that's kind of my goal to to to, to be, you know, a humble player, a good fighter. You know, I look up to Rafa a lot and he's, people know him as, as very humble and, and, and a good fighter. So, of course, I'm not trying to be just like him, but, Looking at the stuff that I like with Rafa, I'm looking at the stuff that I like with Federer or Djokovic, and of course, I'm trying to bring that into my own game. And of course, I get frustrated like everybody else sometimes, but I think it's, uh, you'll gain a lot of respect if you're able to, to stay calm during tough moments. And you know, look at Rafa, he hasn't broken a racket in his whole career, so I just think that's just amazing. And, I think that's some something everybody should, up, should look should look up to, and especially young players. So hopefully, I can learn something from him, and uh, and if I'm uh, if I end my career without breaking a racket, I'll be very happy and pleased with myself. <laughs> Kasper Rood already showing maturity
0: beyond his years, and another man built very much in the same mental mould is 19-year-old Canadian Felix auger Aliassine. Thirteen months ago, I saw him reach his first ATP Tour final in Rio. And a few weeks later, I caught up with him in the bright lights of Miami, where he was the
3: talk of the town
0: at the Masters 1000 level.
3: Oh, it's been good so far. You know, uh, I've got in here, you know, last, uh, last Wednesday you know, practicing a few days and then uh, getting into qualies. So, you know, I'm, I'm happy uh, with the work I've done, you know, in the qualies. was obviously my main objective coming here to qualify for the main draw, you know, because I strongly believe that I deserve my place. And uh, and it's also great to come to a brand new venue. It's always special to, you know, as a tennis player, to discover new things and, and visit a new place. So it's, it's nice to be here at the Hard Rock Stadium. Yeah.
0: What's it like one week being in Indian Wells playing on a massive stadium and then all of a sudden being back in qualies and uh, having to do it out on, the, out on the outside courts
3: yeah I'm still a young player, so I'm kind of used to it you know uh, obviously i've got I got awarded a few wall cards you know during my young career but uh, there's also times that you have to do the hard work you have to qualify and I think that's just uh, that's just fair you know that's just fair because I have to play my ranking and uh, but I think I proved again that I deserved my place, so I'm happy with uh, the, my two matches I played here.
0: So What did you make of your tournament in Indian Wells? A, a wonderful win, of course, against Steph Sitsipas.
3: Yeah, obviously, it was a great win for me. Uh, overall, a good tournament. You know, I think, again, I played some good level of tennis. Uh, obviously, the end was disappointing, you know, being so close to go one step further, but at the same time, it was, uh, it was a good match. It was a good level, and I, I gave everything I had you know, that week, so I can't ask uh, really for more. Uh, but again I'll, I'll have great memories from that tournament yeah.
0: and that came off the back of course of well, a, a great week uh, in Rio mm-hmm. where you you reached the final your first uh, at ATP level um, I was there it was great to see you do it now that you've had a bit more time to reflect on that um, how do you look back on that week and the final of course
3: obviously I, uh, I lived uh, special moments there uh, it was for, for sure my breakthrough you know breaking to the top 100 and even higher and my first final I think I'll never forget it but uh, at the same time you know I'm so much in the present I feel like you know this is already behind me and now I'm here you know in Miami and uh, I'm just looking forward to what's ahead so I don't uh, think about it too much anymore but obviously uh, I try to I try to bring that energy that I got from from Rio all the way to here and and keep going keep on going uh,
0: one thing that struck me in Rio was that you're 18, you take everything in your stride, you you seem a very composed person, where does that come from?
3: I don't know, I try to be, you know, I think that's the person I want to be, I want to stay true to myself, uh, you know, if you ask my friends that know me since uh, I'm 8, 9, 10 years old, they'll say, you know, I'm the same person, so I think uh, I strongly believe that, uh, you know, to do good things I have to... Stay, uh, stay instinctive, stay the same person. So, you know, I'm, I try to work on that, but that's what I've been doing uh, since uh, since I've been playing.
0: And you're bilingual, English and French mm-hmm. for, from Canada. What do you prefer talking in? Well, which is your mother tongue?
3: Obviously, it's French because I speak French with my coaches and everything. At the same time, I'm so comfortable now in English. You know, almost sometimes I'm, I'm used to doing interviews more in English, and when I have to switch to French, my mother language, I kind of struggle a little bit with my words so it's kind of funny that you know now I'm almost more comfortable uh, talking in English
0: it's quite fun often especially with younger players asking them about how they first got into the game Mm -hmm. what are your earliest memories of picking up a racket
3: it goes far back ahead you know it goes far back because uh, you know since uh, since I started walking I've been playing because my dad would bring me with him on the tennis courts when he was coaching so uh, you know it was always a part of my life I don't have a moment uh, remembering that tennis wasn't part of it so I have only great memories from it and also a lot of hard work and uh, and long hours on court but uh, always fun yeah.
0: When did you know that this was it that you were going to try and become a, a professional tennis player?
3: I think my dad would be the good person to say it because I think I told him when I was between 6 or 8 that I saw it on TV you know watching the Nadal and I said ok that that's what I want to do I want to be a professional player so I felt like that was my that was my thing that was uh that was my way
0: and you and Dennis obviously you're both Canadian you're both very young um the assumption is that you both came up through the ranks together and practicing together every day is 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 that true how much of Dennis did you see coming through
3: not really we weren't practicing a lot together you know he was in Toronto I was in Montreal obviously became closer friends when we started playing juniors together you know when i we were about 15 and 16 uh you know winning us open juniors together but uh i think uh since then it's just we've been motivating each other you know with our results and pushing each other to to the highest levels and um uh, i think uh you know he's a he's a great guy to have around and obviously he's a good friend at first and
0: by his own admission, he enjoys goofing around when he's not playing tennis what, what about you when you're when you're not playing tennis I read somewhere that you, you you'd be an artist and you play the piano yeah. what, what, what would you enjoy off the court
3: I had a chance to play a bit of piano last week in Indian Wells because there was one in the, in the hotel lobby but uh, I do all sorts of stuff obviously I spend a lot of time with my coaches my uh, my family and my sisters here this week so it's always fun to have a uh, sibling around and um, you know I kind of just relax outside of the tennis courts you know watch movies uh TV shows, you know, read books, but uh, I uh, I don't do much around yeah.
0: From one pianist to another, because I, I try and tinkle when I can. Um, what sort of stuff do you play? I
3: don't know songs that my mom played when I was a kid. You know, I think I I like it. You know, it brings back nice memories. But uh, especially you know, classic contemporain uh, and yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah.
0: And you're calling Monaco or Monte Carlo home these days, yeah. um, when did you make that decision?
3: I uh, moved uh, at the start of this year, in January. Uh, we've been obviously planning it all since uh, you know, maybe last summer in the first steps, but uh, yeah, it's always a choice that I wanted to do because with my family we thought that because the, the, the schedule was so long and there was a lot of travelling, it would be good to have a base in Europe. So when I had the opportunity and when we felt was the right time, I, I made the decision of, of going there, and I think it's the right choice. Yeah. Thanks, Felix. We've
0: walked you all the way to your next interview, which thank I think you. is with Tennis Channel. Great. So thank you very much for your time. Thank you. And we'll, uh, we'll wish you luck. Thank Hopefully you. see you sometime this yeah, fortnight. See you next time. Thank you. And we'd speak again that week a couple of times as he rode the crest of a wave to the cusp of the final. Big forehand on the approach from Ismi who plays the volley. Here comes Ojeel Yassim that goes cross-court for the winner consolidation complete okay. 5-3 lead inside 4-1 Isner approached a cross-court winner from Felix Ogiali and he's got break points John Isner looking for match win number 11 in a row in Miami the match is on his racket at 6-4 in the tie break winds up serves yeah. it's an ace yeah. what a way for the defending champion to close out this, this semi-final long. and 70. Booker's place back in the Miami Open final, he's I done it against Felix Oge Aliassim. Straight sets, one hour fifty-three minutes, two tiebreaks, seven-six-seven-six. And what a year it has been since then, with finals in Lyon and Stuttgart last year, and then in Rotterdam this year, where he lost to Gael Monfils, and in Marseille where he lost to Stefanos Tsitsipas. It is surely only a matter of time before Felix auger Aliassime wins his first ATP title. You're listening to the ATP Tennis Radio Podcast. Available on iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn and ATPTour.com. At 20, our next youngster is currently world number 47. And that makes him the fourth highest ranked of all Serbian male tennis players at the moment. On top of that list is obviously world number one, Novak Djokovic. Then comes Dusan Lajevic. Then Filip Krijinovic. But who is in at number four?
7: Hey guys, I'm Mimir Ketsmanovic, I'm your next-gen reporter, so let's hear what some of the players have to say. As
2: our next-gen ATP reporter earlier this year, Mirmeir Ketsmanovic proved he's not one to shy away from the spotlight.
7: You won a few titles, you know, over the years. Um, you think you could, you know, lend me a few of your trophies, you know, possibly the Grand Slam ones? Sure, i got plenty of <laughs> You have four kids, mm-hmm. so I think what we want to know is which one is your favourite? Cheeky question, huh?
2: For the second youngest player in the top 100 of the ATP rankings, his confidence originally grew as a teenager after moving to the IMG Academy in Florida.
7: I was good in Serbia of course I was number 1 in all categories up to then I was showing some good signs and they obviously saw me at the academy and wanted to give me a shot It was really difficult at the beginning I just turned 13 at that time and yeah it was a big move you know it was something we talked about for I think about 6 months before that obviously it was a big decision you know for my parents too I went with my aunt she's the only one that went with me cuz my parents had to stay back home and work So it was definitely tough for me, of course. I didn't really speak that well English at the start and I didn't have any friends. Thankfully, you know, they made the right choice. If I stayed back home, I wouldn't have the same opportunities as I had. Everything was kind of happening new and I was learning so much. And it helped me mature a bit faster, you know, helped me figure out things a little bit sooner. And thankfully, there was such a good group of guys, you know, that accepted me, you know, wanted me there uh, and helped me a lot, you know, while I was there. I think the first pro I hit was Max Mirny and I hit with K2, and yeah, it was just a whole different world. It looked so far from where I was at at that time, you know, at 13, and, (laughs) you know, now to think about it, that was embarrassing, you know, because they were killing me every time. I'm definitely happy to see that I've improved so much since then.
2: In 2017, he reached the peak of junior tennis, becoming the number one player in the world. He also finished the year ranked just outside the top 200 in the ATP rankings, and was a hitting partner at the O2 during the NITO ATP
7: Finals. It's been an unbelievable experience for me. I'm very happy to be here, to be part of maybe the biggest event. It was an honour to share a court with him and it was amazing for sure. The first few balls I was very nervous but as, as the practice progressed it was a really fun experience and I hope I can take some from it and learn and apply it in the future. Two
2: years later, and Manović is now finding his consistency. Oh, yes. Going toe-to-toe with the Canadian. And there it is. Welcome to the top 50 for Serbia's newest star. His top 50 breakthrough has also stemmed from added focus on the mental side of the game.
7: It all comes down to mental. I think everybody knows how to play tennis today. You know, somebody who's 150 can be somebody who's 50, you know, on any given day. You know, it just depends, you know, how things turn out. I'm talking to a psychologist, he helped me a lot. I think at the end of the day, it's all up here. And if you can, you know, keep that each day, the same level and not go up and down. Some things has to happen to you on the court for you to find a way to overcome it and then become mentally stronger after that.
0: While Sinner, Rude, Ogialiasim and Ketchmanovich are all looking to establish their names, Sebastian Korda is looking to write a new chapter for his. Having a Grand Slam winning father in Petter Corda brings with it kudos, but also expectation.
8: <laughs> yeah, no, definitely every, uh, every time they announce something during a warm-up, it's, it always has to uh, revolve around my uh well either my sisters or my or my parents but uh no it's it's uh it's definitely awesome i mean uh what my dad did is is something only you can dream of of winning a grand slam number two in the world i mean that's a unbelievable career and and uh i hope i can hope i can go into uh the way that he went and uh try to win a grand slam and it'd be it'd be a big deal for me and uh having him in my corner is just a big help i mean he's he's been in my shoes he he knows what to do and uh and the steps to take
6: I don't think most people really know that your mother also yeah pretty good tennis player yeah. and I, I think that kind of goes unmentioned though a lot
8: yeah no my mom uh, I mean everybody says my mom was unbelievably talented maybe sometimes more than my dad but <laughs> she was really unfortunate with uh with a really bad knee injury and uh, that kind of uh stopped her career a bit but on uh, pretty much on uh, on one leg she she got up to I think it was uh top 30 or top mm-hmm. 25 and which is still unbelievable but uh, yeah, but uh, my mom, nobody really talks about her, but uh, she was, uh, at, when my dad used to travel with uh, with my sister's golf tournament, she was yeah. always there helping me, so she was a really big part of uh, developing my game into what it is right now.
6: I know your sisters are incredibly supportive. I always see that they're posting videos whenever you win matches things along those lines um how have they advised you in terms of you starting your professional career
8: yeah i mean they both uh they both do an individual sport so they know how tough it is especially mentally so uh we're always in contact with each other how are we doing if you're happy uh what can i do for you do you want me to come anything really they were they've been a really really supportive and uh it's really great having them
6: What's the coaching situation for you? Um, how, how do you
8: balance the idea of family plus coaching? Yeah, no, I have, uh, I have pretty much three coaches, kind of. Uh, my dad, he travels with me occasionally. Uh, I have Dean Goldfein from the USTA and then Juan Mateus from, uh, from the IMG. So I kind of uh, try and balance it out with, with all three how how do you do
6: that you know i it, i i think a lot of coaches defer to parents in situations like that what's what's their relationship like
8: they all work together really well uh, they're always in contact with each other so after after pretty much after every day um, kind of give feedback to everybody and uh see how it's going lots of group texts definitely things along <laughs> <things laughs> those calls. lines talk about the ongoing process of
6: of maturing into your own professional career
8: yeah no it's uh it's been, a, it's been a fun journey so far. Uh, I'm still growing, still, uh, I'm still pretty skinny trying to get uh, some more meat on my body and uh, it's, a, it's a slow process but it's getting there slowly. What were the expectations that you had set for yourself
6: um, immediately after winning Australian Open Juniors and how, how do you think you've matched that over the last year and a half or so?
8: Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it was something that was kind of unexpected because uh, I started tennis pretty late compared to everybody else. I started playing tournaments when I was uh, late 10s, early 11s. I uh, started playing ITFs when I was 15. So, uh, I mean, yeah, just building up and uh, trying to get my body ready and just been all about just kind of getting the experience playing playing some good matches, hopefully I can build forward. Did you set any type of goals or did you and your
6: team set any goals for yourself and how you wanted to progress over, say, two, three, four years?
8: No, not really. It's just kind of, uh, it's just a process, pretty much. Uh, I've been uh, mostly just trying to uh, not be injured, just trying to stay healthy and uh, just uh, playing some uh, some big tournaments, going around seas, playing some other dis- different opponents. Instead of uh, playing a lot of the tournaments here, uh, you kind of see the familiar faces. You try to go out and play somebody different try to get your game better and just keep going at it i've had some coaches who tell me often that they
6: try to think when they have a, a talented 17 18 year old they want to make sure that they're hitting the same type of shots that they would hit when they're 22 23 when they have progress with their bodies to that level is that
8: kind of where you're at as well with your team yeah i mean it's uh sometimes it's uh i try to stay with uh with my game plan uh trying to i mean I'm not really trying to peak right now when I'm 19 years old. I'm trying to peak when I'm 25, 26 uh, at my best years and uh, just kind of really focusing on on doing the right things. You're listening to the
0: ATP Tennis Radio Podcast. And we finish this week with someone who is definitely not vying for a place at this year's next-gen ATP Finals. 2019 indian wells champion and world number three dominic team had this message for all those joining in with hashtag tennis at home
9: hi guys i'm here in austria in self-isolation with my family well it's like everyone else safety first i just try to keep fit a little bit spend time with my parents spend some time with my dog i think he's the Happiest about all this uh, situation, as he can see us now for a long time. He's not listening to me. He is a uh, smart dog, yeah, but he cannot do any any tricks. He he he, he, got, <laughs> he got a bad education, unfortunately. I would love to be in quarantine with Denis Novak. That would be amazing because we really love each other. That's why. Right. <laughs> the, the first priority is always to to stay healthy and also to keep, especially the people who are in risk, out of danger. So. Be in contact with your older family members via phone or just via yeah texting. And then if you well if you're healthy, you can also enjoy a little bit. You can watch some old classic tennis matches, prove your cooking skills, play PlayStation skills. So I think there are some things to do, and you can also keep yourself fit, running, core. Everybody can do that.
0: That is it for this week. I'm Seb Lozier. Thanks very much for listening. As I said, you can keep up to date with all the latest on the ever evolving situation around the coronavirus and how it's affecting tennis at ATPTour.com. You can also download the ATP Tour app. We're going to be doing our very own hashtag tennis at home over the next few weeks by speaking directly for this podcast with players, coaches, journalists, and commentators bringing you the very best of those chats again let us know who you'd most like to hear from on twitter that's at atp tennis radio and we will do our best we look forward to that but i'll finish this week with another hashtag that's trending at the moment from all of us here hashtag stay at home and stay safe if you like this podcast please search the iTunes store for ATP Tennis Radio to leave a review. Review.